This podcast is part of Three Point Stance Magazine is presented by Monkey Knife Fight. It's Championship Sunday here at Monkey Knife Fight. Do you want to play like a champion? Well, you can. Just make a deposit with the code, the number 3PSMAG. That's the number 3PSMAG. And your first deposit is on us. Go to monkeyknifefight.com. That's M-O-N-K-E-Y-K-N-I-F-E-F-I-G-H-T.com. Welcome to another edition of the Tom Green Podcast. We say a lot that time flies. And in the NFL season, boy, does it ever fly. We have hit Championship Sunday. I cannot believe that we have hit it this far into the season. But with the higher stakes playoff games means the less football there is to cover. Only three games that matter remain in the 2019-2020 NFL season. And to break down two of them, as well as some coaching hires, we brought in one of the hosts of the No Look podcast, just like his quarterback likes to throw no look passes to his tight end, Brandon Davis comes on to our show. Welcome to the show, Brandon. What's up, guys? Uh, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, definitely. So tell us about your No Look podcast. I mean, unfortunately, I would... I would think that you're not quite able to throw no-look passes like Mahomes does, but maybe you're skilled. (laughs) Well, I can tell you right now, backup quarterback, JV football, when I was in high school. So I guess you could say I'm pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, definitely not not anywhere close to uh, Mr. Mahomes, the defending MVP. Uh, But yes, the no-look podcast, uh, his Twitter handle is at nolookpodcast1. Uh, we cover Chiefs mostly, but NFL news, uh, pretty much everything. That, any headlines that come up, you know, uh, uh, our crowd is mostly Kansas City, but we welcome really anyone. We like to ask for questions through DM, so uh, check it out. Definitely. The No Look Podcast, just like last year or early this season, Mahomes tried to throw a No Look Pass to Kelsey, which did not work against Jacksonville, but what if? <laughs> oh man, what if on a lot of things, you know, with last season, you know, AFC Championship game, D4 lining up, lining up offsides, a lot of what ifs in the NFL, but you live by those, you're going to pull your hair out, so. Exactly. And to think about it, Kansas City has done all they can at this point because they have the home field in the AFC Championship game, and we'll break that down in just a few minutes. But first, we're going to start with. Well, some NFL news, and it's the new coaching hires. I try to fill this, the fill the void of no football, or less football, I should say, with football news, and that's the new coaching hires. So let's break these down. We're going to start with, of course, probably, well, not quite the most controversial, but because it's Cleveland, it comes with controversy because everybody thinks Cleveland's got it wrong. Kevin Stefanski becomes the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Your thoughts? You know, uh, Kevin Slavsky, um, he was offensive coordinator for the Vikings, I think everyone would know. Um, I think he did a pretty good job. Um, at the beginning of the year, they really struggled. Uh, you know, they were a run-heavy offense. Kirk Cousins really struggled in the beginning of the year. But Kirk Cousins, you know, middle to end of the year, he was considered one of the hottest NFL quarterbacks out there. So uh, I think he obviously did a good job by adjusting. Uh, Dalvin Cook is considered one of the best running backs in the game. Um, 
And remember that they did a lot of what the success that they had this year was without Adam Adam for a good portion of the year. So I think it's a in a way a good hire, but I think the Browns missed out on some uh, very good candidates as well, uh, like Eric Bieniemy and the Chiefs. Uh, I think he got he got snubbed for the second year out of a head coaching job. And if you ask me personally, I think mm-hmm. uh, the Browns are probably going to hire the 49ers defensive coordinator. Robert Saleh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, thought, uh, I thought maybe, you know, if the 49ers would have lost that game, I bet you Rob would be tired because the Browns wanted to hire someone and get things going. Yeah, that's a very good point. And as for Stefanski, I think the Browns did a good job. Like you said, I think they could have done better. But here's the thing with Minnesota. Mike Zimmer wanted this to be a run-oriented offense. Kevin Stefanski wanted this to be a pass-oriented offense. So you had a little bit of a clash between the two. But it worked out because they made the playoffs. They won a playoff game with Kirk Cousins. Obviously, the whole state of Minnesota likes that. And he had said that the sky's the limit with Baker Mayfield. So I think that I think that in the end, I give this hire a solid B. Um, in college, I I was very content with a solid B. I, I of course, like a lot of college students, I was in the I want A's, and then third year in, yeah, C's get degrees. I think I'm okay with that. <laughs> so I give this hire a solid B. <clears throat> Exactly. So technically, Zimmer won the battle, but he still has Kirk Cousins in his back pocket, which he should use very effectively. And for Stefanski, he's got Baker Mayfield now. Moving on to Washington, like you had said, Ron Rivera goes from Carolina to Washington. Thoughts on that? I think Ron Rivera is an excellent coach. Uh, I think he's just been dealt some uh, bad cards with, you know, the Cam Newton injury, mm-hmm. injuries, I should say, every year it feels like. Uh, Cam Newton's healthy, he's a great quarterback. Uh, I think he had did a great job utilizing, I know he didn't call the plays on offense, but he still utilized Christian McCaffrey, who in my mind is the best running back in the game. And who um, should have won the Heisman in 2015. Oh, absolutely. Stanford. But, uh, absolutely incredible player, uh, he, he does everything that you wish a running back can do, cash run on the backfield, but uh, he just couldn't get his defense to perform well. Uh, they lose Luke Keekly, obviously, next season. That's not the big ball for the Panthers, but Ron Rivera doesn't have to worry about that anymore. But uh, I think it was just a bad situation and injuries coming into play and uh, just underperformed. But I think he will do good things with Washington. I think it's going to be a uh, turnaround, a process. Because, I mean, Dwayne Haskins, who's a starter now at quarterback for the Washington Redskins, he's still unpopular. 
polished, I think. I think he mm-hmm. still has to really transition his game. Uh, this Washington <laughs> team is a long way away, so. That they are. And as, as for Rivera, my thoughts are, <clears throat> here in Michigan, we have a card game called Euchre. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, and I'm not sure if you've played it. But in the game of Euchre, you're basically as good as your hand, as the hand you are given. And how you play that hand with, with uh, whoever you're playing with. Uh, it's a four-player game. You have to rely on your partner, or you can go alone and take five tricks to get four points. It's complicated to explain, but Michiganers get it, and you'll get it in just a second as I explain. But the game of Euchre, you're... you're you're as good as your hand plays. And that's what Rivera was in Carolina. When he had a great hand in 2015, he made the Super Bowl. Lost to Peyton Manning, but <laughs> a lot of teams have lost to Peyton Manning, so there's that. Um, here in 2019, Al, Al, or, excuse me, Newton gets hurt, Kyle Allen wins three straight games, and Ron Rivera looks to, looks to be safe, but unfortunately loses the rest of his games and gets fired with four games to go. A bad hand was given, but Christian McCaffrey was used effectively. I was a bit skeptical to start on McCaffrey, but I knew he was going to succeed. It just had to take him a year, and I was right. Uh, now Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL. He's gonna. He should have won the Heisman in 2015, even though Derrick Henry has bowled over two perennial playoff teams. We don't care. Christian McCaffrey still should be the Heisman Trophy winner 2015. Derrick Henry, get that Heisman Trophy out of your hair. That's that's probably that's probably holding it down, and give it to Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, <laughs> but I think I the re- Chris McCaffrey, though, I think he, he didn't even really get. He's not even getting consideration for MVP this year. For a season that he had, who cares if their team is his team's awful? Man, they're stacking the box, and he's still. Had over a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing. That's an unbelievable accomplishment, and, he did, and no one thought about him being MVP. It just blows my mind. Christian McCaffrey is doing exactly what Bill Polian thought that Lamar Jackson would do. He would be an amazing running back, and yet Lamar Jackson is doing all the same things at quarterback, and that and that's the only reason why. Lamar is getting the MVP is because he's pulling the same numbers that McCaffrey is, only at quarterback. But yes, McCaffrey should definitely be in consideration for the MVP. As far as Rivera goes, I give this hire a solid A. Um, excellent hire. Just please, for the love of God, Dan Snyder, let him do his thing. Because you you didn't do that with Mike Shanahan, and you didn't do that with Jay Gruden. Now you have a coach that a lot of teams want. You better let him do his thing. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, the problem with the Red- Washington Redskins is the upper management. So uh, if they let Ron Rivera take control of his personnel and so on, I think uh, it could be an interesting turnaround. For sure. Now at Carolina, replacing Ron Rivera is the Smock and Matt Rule. Your thoughts on that, going up from Baylor to Carolina? Right. Uh, so I thought this was an interesting hire. He, he signed a pretty big contract, if I remember correctly, it was a second-year contract or something like that. I can't remember. And, and it was, was, yeah, it was in double-digit million territory, too. I yeah, mean, this it was, was, it was a yeah. pretty hefty contract. Um, he had a good career in Baylor. 
partner with Clint Williams with Baylor for three, four years, and mm-hmm. uh, he turned him around completely in that in, the, in that tenure with Baylor Bears. Uh, and that's in a pretty good conference in Big Twelve, where there's I mean you got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I mean you got several good teams. I mean TCU, Baylor was considered a, a really good team this year, uh, and he turned him around completely. Um, I read a report before he was even interviewing my coaching vacancies that uh, it would have to be the perfect uh, offer for him to take it. And uh, I think maybe the Panthers just blew away with money. Um, he has a good, I think he has a really good roster still. I mean, it's kind of hard to turn down Christian McCaffrey, um, right. Cam Newton. Um, so uh, if they can just get their defense, obviously Luke Keekley not being there anymore, if they can just turn their defense around a little bit, um, this could work out really well for him. Yes, this one was an interesting hire. I was a skeptic on Rule moving up to the NFL because this was his first success, really successful year in Power 5 football. I mean, yes, he he's turned around Baylor, but I thought he needed one more year before getting moved up. Um, so I'm going to give Rule a solid C plus on the Carrot and the Panthers. He's a good guy. We I watched a little bit of his initial interview uh, after being hired by the Panthers, good family man, uh, pretty much let the Panthers into his house right after he got hired <coughs> out of Waco. Give him a solid C+, plus, but it's going to be a turnaround project. Who knows if Cam Newton is going to stay, if he wants Kyle Allen, or if he's going to draft a quarterback. We'll see how that goes. But for right now, I'll give I'll give Carolina a solid C+. Plus. Yeah, I think, I think Kyle Allen is not the answer. Um... I think uh, I think Cam Newton's the starter until the foreseeable future. But mm-hmm. I do like this move. I think it's uh, what I like about it the most is it's risk, right? Panthers, I think, have been you know have been a stable at head coach Ron Rivera, right? Mm-hmm. And they've been performing under par as of these last couple of years, ever since really their Super Bowl run. Yes. So um, I think this is a really good move because. Like they're finally taking a risk, right? So we gotta shake something up, and I like that. You gotta take risks, and if you don't know already, six months ago, I took a risk by leaving the Essex O Kroger store without having a job lined up because I was tired of management. I was tired. I would just wanted to get ready to start in my field, which is broadcasting and sports. And two months later, I found a job substitute teaching, and I. And if I get a seasonal job or something like that, I will return to that. But three months later, uh, a news radio finds me. So risks, you got to take risks at some point is is the point of that. And hopefully this works out for Carolina. C-plus for rule for me. Moving on to the Giants, um, Joe Judge. And I'm certain that Giants fans will think that Judge Judy is probably more stable than Joe Judge. But... According to the Giants, he is he's a guy that's ready to coach, and according to Belichick, of the Patriots, of course, he is ready to coach. Your thoughts? Uh, so, this is a, I, I know I said this one, but this is a very interesting hire. Um, it's like the Giants called the Patriots facility, right? Mm-hmm. And they hired the first person to answer the phone. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, it sure as heck seems that way, because... 
I felt like there were definitely better candidates for this job. Joe Judge was the special teams coordinator, I believe, for the Patriots this yes. last season. Uh, I saw his presser, and I mean, I'm impressed by his presser. I like the whole mentality of where, I mean, you can have uh, padded practices more often. They're going to come at you, you know, with a ball and take on Martin. you got to go at people. So I like the mentality, and maybe he just blew away in the interview, but I definitely feel like Again, Eric Bieniemy, I thought was a prime candidate to be a head coach this season, this upcoming season. Got mm-hmm. snubbed for a guy like Joe Judge. Of course, if I were you, I would try to be quiet about the uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator because you probably want to keep him a little bit longer for Mahomes. <laughs> Just my right. opinion. But yeah. I see what I see what you're saying. He's a he's a good coaching candidate. I mean, Matt Nagy, who was the offensive coordinator for your Chiefs. Became the head coach with Chicago, and of course, unfortunately, that offense regressed this season. But Helfrich, if you think about it, uh, regressed every season at Oregon with Mariota and then with Vernon Adams. So the writing was on the wall in Chicago once they hired Helfrich. However, they found a new offensive coordinator. I forget his name off the top of my head, but... Uh, I would think that Trubisky and that offense is going to see more because Nagy wants to use his, his more type, more of a tight end type um, passer, if that makes sense. Um, just like in Kansas City, he used Kelsey a lot. Uh, he's going to use Trey Burton a lot in Chicago. And, of course, you got Allen Robinson, who is probably the um, – <clears throat> Allen Robinson has to be the most disadvantaged wide receiver in the National Football League because – he said the luxury of playing with Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky. And Yikes. He well. I mean, he had a thousand yard receiving year this last season. So, he's a very talented receiver. Yes. Precisely. So, with Judge, uh, I'm going to have to go a D right now on Judge, and it's because only the Giants and Dave Gettleman and, of course, the Patriots have heard of this guy. So, we're skeptical on that. He does bring a good mentality to the table, but are you, are you sure? It's In fact, here in the Thumb region where I'm doing this podcast from, we have a hospital named Sure Hospital. And um, their slogan is, are you sure? Of course, spelled, diff, spelled like the Sure family. But that's what I have to ask for Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge. Are you sure? Because if I were a Giants fan, this is the last coach that Dave Gettleman's going to get. Yes, Dave Gettleman has brought the Panthers to a Super Bowl, but they were stagnant after that. So be careful with this. D on uh, Joe Judge. I almost said Aaron Judge. Baseball's coming. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And, of course, the last coaching hire, Dallas, uh, Mike McCarthy. Your thoughts? I hated this hire. I thought that, you know, now, there for a little bit, the Cowboys made us all start to think that Jason Garrett was going to get another year right. They had like two, three meetings with them, going back and forth. There was a lot of reports that they were thinking about hanging on to him, that they're going to let him go. I thought that like, it was to let him go. Jason Garrett has been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, just average. With a, actually, you know, I, I wouldn't even call it average. When you have a talented roster like the Cowboys have, you got to win games. There's no way you don't win the division this year. 
The Eagles were awful. The Redskins are awful. Everyone is awful except for the Cowboys, talent-wise. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't get the job done. And to me, Mike McCarthy is very similar to Jason Garrett. I, I don't know if people agree with me or not, but, I mean, there's a reason he got kicked out of Green Bay. Because he just kind of did what Jason Garrett did. He just completely underperformed. So, to me, I hate this, I hate this hire. Uh, their, own, their other choice was Marvin Lewis, which I would pay for that too, because Marvin Lewis, you know, all that time in Cincinnati, never won a playoff game. So, either way, I hate, I hated both the candidates. Typical Dallas Cowboys. Fair enough. I like this better than you do, but I'm also not saying home run. I'm saying probably a base hit that gets up the gap and he turns for second, or so because because you're a Kansas City guy, Merrifield gets a single up the middle and turns for second, but wisely retreats back to first. This is pretty much what I'm saying about McCarthy. He won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, but with the talent that Green Bay had, he probably should have won two or three. And of course, that would be to my disdain because I'm a Lions fan. Aaron Rodgers is... Um, as bad as a swear word around these roots, the same around Chicago. But um, I'm gonna give Mac- I'm gonna give McCarthy a solid B. Uh, if if he can improve on what's what has happened with Jason Gear- the stagnation of Garrett, if they can at least win a playoff game or get to championship Sunday, that's an improvement. And I know that Dallas is a Super Bowl or bust team, but fact of the matter is you're underperforming with a stagnant coach. And yes, you're saying this coach was stagnant as well, but this this coach has seen better results. So we're a bit contrarian on that, but that's if we were if we were to agree on everything, this podcast would be boring as hell. So you gotta go contrarian on something. <laughs> so B for me on Garrett, or I mean McCarthy. Uh Judge I think should at least consider Garrett for OC. Uh, yes, Garrett underperformed, but at least he would have somebody with experience on his side. So, moving to Championship Sunday, your team goes first on Championship Sunday, and that is Kansas City at home at Arrowhead Stadium against Tennessee. So, um, last year, of course, you guys had the unfortunate happening of meeting with the Patriots. And, of course, we know how that went. So this, hopefully this one goes better for you. But the question has to be answered. How does how do the Titans sneak away with a victory like the Patriots did last year? Oh, man, how do they? Oh, you're going to make me talk first about against the Chiefs? Oh, man. Well, uh. Just like, just like eating, yeah, just like eating a meal, you have to eat those vegetables to at least make your parents happy, and then you go into the meat and potatoes. So uh, these Titans fans are going to be listening. I'm going to hear this. Like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to give them the blueprint. I mean, uh, for the Titans to win, I mean, you got to do exactly what you've been doing all the playoffs. Uh, like Derrick Henry, uh, he had in the playoffs alone. Derrick Henry had 377 rushing yards in two games. So, uh, I mean, he'd be the number one scoring defense in the Patriots. And then you come back around, then you beat the number one scoring offense of the Ravens. So, I mean, they've beaten two Goliaths in the NFL. 
then you got the Chiefs. So, Chiefs are, I think, currently the number four scoring offense. Um, but you got to keep Ryan Derrick Henry, put Trump on uh, Lennon in possession of the Chiefs, and that's what Titans have been doing on playoffs. They just milk that clock. Ryan Tannehill, I'm not even kidding, Ryan Tannehill's only throwing the ball 29 times on playoffs. He's 15 of 29 for 160 yards. So it's not like Ryan Tannehill is doing spectacular things. He's just not making a lot of mistakes. He's not losing them the game. They're running the ball, using all the time, keeping the other team off the field, and they're just limiting the opposing offense's possessions. And that's how you beat the Chiefs. Keep Patrick Mahomes on the bench. I've said this all all season long, really ever since they, they made the switch to Ryan Tannehill, but back at the first Lions-Vikings podcast, I brought in uh, JB, or at Mike Zimmer's ears on Twitter. You've probably seen his tweets before. Uh, brought him in, and he had this to say about um, – Titans and Oakland, which was a rapid-fire game in that segment. If you haven't listened to the show before, during the regular season, I do what's called the rapid-fire games, which we give analysis and give predictions to national games throughout college and NFL. Well, his quote on Tannehill was, and I, and I say, if Ryan Tannehill is the answer, I want to know what the question is. <laughs> and so far... It somehow has been the answer. Well, of course, with an addition of Derrick Henry running out the clock, like you've said. So for the Titans to beat the Chiefs, um, well, since you're going to Arrowhead, it's hope, fight, and pray. Um, But go up by more than 24 to nothing. Uh, Stop Kansas City from scoring 25 or more. (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's a pretty tough task, but on all seriousness, one, keep feeding the ball with Henry. It's worked. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Two, limit your mistakes. They have all playoffs. They had to play pretty much mistake-free against two high-caliber playoff teams like the Patriots and Ravens. They have to do it again for the Chiefs. And three, keep Mahomes on the sidelines, like you'd said. If Mahomes is on the sidelines, there's a better chance that he – that he's going to be drinking this bottle of Hunt's ketchup that's sitting right next to me. Um, he's uh-huh. a ketchup guy just like me. So there's a better chance of that happening. So feed Henry, play mistake, play mistake free if you can, keep Mahomes on the sidelines. Now, like I compared the meal, now to the meat and potatoes, Chiefs, how do they beat Tennessee? Well, a couple things here. Uh... We need to point out that Andy Reid has not been good against the Tennessee Titans. He is one for one for eight in his career against the Tennessee Titans. Oh and four in the uh, with the Chiefs. So if, if the Titans get this win, that's five in a row against Andy Reid and the Chiefs. That is an unbelievable feat. Uh, hopefully, uh, the Chiefs can keep that from happening. Um, basically how the Chiefs win. Uh, it's kind of literally the exact opposite of what Tennessee had. Obviously, Chiefs defense uh, through weeks, what was it? I mean, through weeks 7 through, or I'm sorry, weeks 11 to the end of the year, the Chiefs had the number one defense in the NFL, the one scoring defense, only allowing like 11.7 points a game. Um, you can say what you want about uh, 
the quarterbacks they played, about uh, all offenses that they were playing, but who cares? I mean, the NFL is the NFL. It's hard to stop anyone. Uh, this defense, I think, has very much improved since the last time they played the Tennessee Titans in Week 10. Um, they have to stop Derrick Henry. I've been following, I mean, reading some reports, and their motto this week is to take out the legs of Derrick Henry and take out the legs and stop the machine. So, um, if they do that uh, and they force Ryan Tannehill to beat them, I think they put themselves in a really good situation with, you know, like I said earlier, he, you know, I've done the ball 29 times all year, all playoffs. You put yourself in a position where Ryan Tannehill has to beat you. Chiefs passing defense has been good this year. They're ranked number seven in the NFL on passing defense. So, um, if they put themselves in that situation and Patrick Mahomes has another game like he did against the Titans in week 10, where he threw for 400 and, uh, what was it? Yeah, 446 yards. Um, they're going to do just fine. This, uh, they, the Chiefs have to attack this secondary at Titans, who was pretty weak this year. They ranked 24th against the pass. Uh, Patrick Mahomes should have his way again. Um, really, we, we all remember the matchup in Week 10. The Titans only won, won that game because of a Chiefs pretty much just cut the throats, right? Uh, they mm-hmm. fumbled a field goal to take a lead, and then they allowed the Titans to run the ball all the way down and take the lead, and then they blocked the field goal for the game time to go into overtime. So a lot of things had to go wrong for the Chiefs to lose that game. Isn't it amazing how matchups that somehow people think are somewhat meaningless end up being your championship game matchup? Because... When I was going into Week 10, I thought, Chiefs in Tennessee? Ah, Chiefs by three scores. Easy. Well, that didn't happen. (laughs) Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry somehow, like you had said, slit the throats of the Chiefs, and Harrison Butker's kick got blocked, making him, sadly, the butt of the joke. And the Titans somehow beat Kansas City. But here's the rematch. And rematch factor is big. And we'll talk about that once we make the prediction. So how Kansas City beats Tennessee, like you had said, take the legs out of the machine. Uh, If Derrick Henry can be stopped and you stop him with his legs, you have a solid chance. You make Tannehill throw the ball, he's going to make mistakes. Because Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill at the end of the day is still Ryan Tannehill. People People have not trusted him at quarterback for a reason. Somehow Mike Vrabel takes him, and they make the AFC Championship game. And three, the huge part of why Kansas City has gotten this far was the change at defensive coordinator from Bob Sutton to Steve Spagnuolo. It didn't work to start, but they believed in it, and look where it's gotten them now. Like you had said, in weeks 11 through 17, an average of 11 and a fraction points per game. That's amazing in this in 2019-2020 NFL. Uh, if, if you have that sort of defensive production against these Tennessee Titans, you're going to win the game by three scores, like I had thought the Chiefs were going to win Week 10. But uh, the key, like I said, stop Henry, make Tannehill throw the ball, and play solid defense, get turnovers. Um, don't start down 24 to nothing. Because that doesn't work all the time. 
have a score on it. What's your final score of this one? They say that third time is the charm, and as for me and picking the Titans, I picked them to lose by more than two scores each of the last two games. So if third time is the charm, I'm going to try to pick that again. Just like, just like Richard Sherman said about his Niners, just keep doubting us, just keep doubting us. I actually am going to just keep doubting Tennessee, but you never know what will happen. Give me Chiefs 35, Tennessee 17. Wow. I think it's I think this could end up like 91 Lions Redskins where the Lions have the momentum that anyone would want and a superior Redskins team just destroys them at in Landover. I I could see that happening Sunday where Tennessee's got all the momentum and has nothing to lose but Kansas City has just has that edge. And I think it's going to destroy him. Travis Kelsey finds the end zone twice. Tyreek Hill finds the end zone once. Patrick Mahomes finds the end zone once. Somebody throws him. Somebody throws him a twenty-four ounce bottle of Hunt's ketchup, and he downs it in one shot while he celebrates his touchdown run. I, def- I definitely think the Chiefs are more talented than the t- Titans. Uh, I think the Chiefs have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL, and and something new for Andy Reid. It's actually a pretty balanced team. This is probably the most balanced team that Andy Reid has had and maybe ever. Uh, I think he has always had a very dominant offense and just always an underperforming defense, right? And it seems that now this defense has really turned a corner and it's all started with you know, bringing in Tony Matthew, who has just been awesome safety this year. Um, I think his addition, and then having Frank Clark, he's finally starting to come alive. Uh, 
this—it just seems like this Chiefs defense, this Chiefs team, is just too talented to not go to the Super Bowl. So I hope your prediction is correct with the thirty-five to seventeen, and I don't have to worry about any fourth quarter shenanigans this time. And at least the Michigan man, as you had said, sealed the deal last Sunday as Frank Clark delivered the final sack to Deshaun Watson to seal the game. Moving to San Francisco, you could have a sea of red in the Super Bowl if the number one seed wins this game, and that is Green Bay against San Francisco. How? Well, first, how does the number two seed Green Bay go into San Francisco and avenge the loss in week 14? Oh, man. I... It's going to sound bad because, I mean, obviously the Packers are a, a talented team. They're, they're obviously good because they are in the NFC Championship game. But I'm not going to lie to you. They're 13-3, right? I think they're one of the worst 13-3 teams I've ever seen in my life. I think they're just an okay team. Uh, I don't think they have the talent to match up with the 49ers. I think the 49ers are just so dominant defensively. Packers, yes, they have Aaron Rodgers, who's Aaron Rodgers, right? One of the best quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. Aaron Jones has been awesome this year. And then Devontae Adams, who's been hurt most of the year. But he's still a very good receiver, but that's it. They really don't have anyone else on offense. And their defense is still good, but it's not good enough, right? I think the 49ers are going to take this game. I think they're going to be able to run the ball really well against them. Uh, they have a trio of running backs. And Robert Mozart, and then uh, Coleman, and then Matt Breida. I mean, their offensive line's been dominant this year. The defensive line's been dominant with Nick Bosa. It's just, I think it's just, it's going to overwhelm the Green Bay Packers. So you see no way that Green Bay wins this game, uh, to which no. I like that. <laughs> I like that a I lot. Think the Packers are but I will, I will try to be as fair as I can to that fan base because we've had a returning guest named Alex Strofe that comes on from, from the – that is a big Packers fan. We have good conversations. Well, so. I, mean, I mean, they're a very storied franchise. I have nothing against the Packers. I just really don't think they're as good as what their 13 record shows. They've been very underwhelming. And their losses are bad losses. I mean, they lost to the, the San Diego Chargers, not San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers. And that was embarrassing. Like, there's no way that a, 13, a good team like the Green Bay Packers should lose to the Los Angeles Chargers. It was just an embarrassing loss. This Packers offense is just way too inconsistent. I just don't see them, you know, putting up a ton of points right against this awesome 49ers defense. I don't think this is exactly going to be a close game. Gotcha. So my keys to the Packers possibly beating San Francisco is run the ball with Aaron Jones. That Matt LaFleur has turned them into a better running team this year. Um, Rodgers, do your thing and hope that you can get that you can turn the ball over with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Hope that, like I said, hope that Jimmy G turns the ball over. Pretty basic, but um, like you had said, the Niners are the one seed for a reason, and they are a great team. How they beat how they beat Green Bay is pretty much keep keep fill, keep fueling that well oiled machine. You've got a three headed monster, and Mostert 
uh, Brita and Coleman in the backfield. You've got uh, you've got the Born Identity, the Born Supremacy, and the Born Ultimatum showing on on the screen at Levi's Stadium while the game is being played. I'm sure you get that reference. Um, let's see. You've also got George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in the National Football League. When Garoppolo's healthy, this team is a well-oiled machine. And um, if they just stick to it and then defense get a turnover, win the turnover battle, and this game could go like I think Tennessee and Kansas City could, possibly. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Uh, I'd better do my keys as well, uh, yeah. just because I haven't been doing the Packers any justice here. Um, <laughs> I think uh, the Packers, the way that they could win this game is I think you have to ride Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the guy's one of the best of all time to do it. You know, you got to really ride him. Devontae Adams has been very good. He's one of the best route runners in the game. Uh, and you, like you said, you have to ride Aaron Jones. I, I can't remember the number of touchdowns he's been responsible for, but it's a Packers record. I know it is. I, I saw the other day with like 27 touchdowns, something like that. Mm-hmm. But he, he's had an incredible year. Uh, we all know the fantasy thing where free Aaron Jones. We all remember that from last year. And he's finally being released from Mike McCarthy. So uh, I think uh, Matt LaFleur has uh, done a very good job at uh, expanding this Packers offense. Uh, their defense, they just got to, yeah, like you said, make Jimmy Garoppolo beat you. I mean, he has weapons, and uh, George Kittle, who a lot of people consider to be the best tight end in the game. I don't think so, but I think he's definitely definitely number two for sure. Uh, he has Emmanuel Sanders, who was, I thought, a fairly good pickup in the middle of the year for the 49ers. Uh, they have that they, that one rookie, Debo Samuel, who I thought was a yes. steal. They got him in the second round, was it? That was an absolute yeah. steal at receiver for the 49ers. Uh, but, I mean, it's just so hard for me to pick uh, how this Packers defense is going to beat that 49ers. They just got to shut down George Kittle and make uh, Jimmy Garoppolo throw it to other people. Yeah. So, um, how did how is this game gonna going to end? How who's winning this one? Uh, I got the score being 49ers thirty five and Packers twenty one. 35-21. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think. I, a little bit closer than Kansas City Tennessee in my mind, but you're gonna see a sea of red in the Super Bowl in Miami. And it's not because a dolphin is bleeding on the middle of the field. It's because Kansas City will be meeting San Francisco. Even though if you watch the dolphins, there were a lot of dolphins bleeding on the field just wa- just by watching that. It made your eyes bleed. But good for Brian, good for Brian Flores for playing through what everybody thought was a tank. Um, Absolutely. San Francisco, 27, Green Bay, 14. A little bit closer. So we both have a sea of red for this Super Bowl, Kansas City and San Francisco. And if Tennessee and Green Bay were to somehow make it, maybe I'd have to maybe I'd have to let out this pig that I've got in this cage that's ready to fly. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
because that would that would be happening soon. So um, we picked our games. We picked the we picked how we think the coaches are going to do in their respective places. So I will ask the famed final question: Anything else you have to add to this wonderful Tom Green podcast? Yeah, anything you have to add? Any shout outs or anything you want to say? Just really appreciate you letting me on. Uh, I always love talking to my uh, Chiefs Yes, definitely a great conversation. Follow Brandon Davis, like you said, at Brandon Davis underscore 23. My Twitter, of course, at Tom Green Pod and at Tom TV 23. A few reasons for the number 23. Michael Jordan, LeBron James before Miami. Dr. Pepper was 23 flavors. Kurt Gibson was the number 23. Many reasons for that number. And, of course, 23 times 3 is one of the greatest numbers of all. The, the GOAT number. You can... Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you didn't think that, now you do. Uh, D- <laughs> you can DM at No Look Podcast if you if you want to talk some football with Brandon. It's been a great show. He is Brandon Davis, and this has been the Tom Green Podcast.